On today's show, it's a crossover with Bryce Patrick of Locked On Rangers. We talk about Monday night's game and Luis Severino's performance. We talk about how Isaiah Kiner-Falefa and Jose Trevino are doing, because as you all know, they're former Rangers. And we talk about other baseball-related stuff because this is a baseball podcast. So stay tuned, because Locked On Yankees is next. You are Locked On Yankees. Your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers and the New York Yankees. I am Bryce Patrick, host of the Locked On Rangers podcast, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010. Here, joined today by my friend Stacy Gotsoulias, host of Locked On Yankees, after a 3-1 to Yankees win over the Rangers. Still no 60-second home run for Aaron Judge, but how are you doing today? I'm doing well. The weather is awful, and I'm so glad that this series is in Texas and not in New York because it is, we're getting the remnants of Hurricane Ian, and it's just cold and windy and rainy. So let's be thankful that the series is down there this week. Yeah, it is uh, beautiful weather. As I'm recording this, it's 75 degrees outside. It's like the first time it's finally under 90. It's uh, beautiful, and I, I think they have the, the stadium open, which I believe... I believe influences the ball uh, quite a bit, a lot more home runs with that stadium open and then when the roof is closed. And the Yankees got a pair of home runs, and I, I accidentally jinxed, John, jinxed Jonathan Hernandez, who had not given up a single home run the entire season. I looked at that when I was doing my episode yesterday. You should go check it out, me predicting who was going to give up home run number 62 to Aaron Judge. I thought, Oh, no, that's not a good sign. He has exactly zero. I mean, he's a heavy sinker baller. Like, he's a very good pitcher. Like, it makes sense. Like, he's got sinker slider. That's his main stuff. He's also got a changeup. Like, not not a lot of home runs. And you know what? He gave up two. One to the guy in front of and one to the guy behind Aaron Judge in the lineup. And the last one was just an absolute Stantonian moonshot. Very classic Giancarlo Stanton, who it seems like he's having an up-and-down year, but he's really, you know, if that swing is is indicative of him very much finding his bat for the postseason I'm sure you'll be a happy camper well it's funny because I was at the game Friday night and he was swinging through like 89 mile an hour pitches with issue and I was like oh that doesn't look good and then yesterday <laughs> he barrels a ball that was thrown like how much was the how high was that pitch like 99 98 it was a fast pitch that he 99.3 miles an hour yeah 113 mile an hour exit velocity and 457 feet. Uh, you might you might be surprised. I expect a batting average thousand <laughs> <laughs> on a ball hit 457 feet. Yeah, 113 miles an hour off the bat. Yeah, I'd say I'd say that's a thousand batting average. <laughs> I mean, he has had a very up and down season. His average is horrible, but you know he hit a, a round number. That was his 30th home run last night, and it just seems so funny that. He has 30, Rizzo is up above 30, Glaber's above 20. All these guys have good home run numbers, but compared to Judge, <laughs> it looks, it's like, yeah, he has 30. Big deal. 
You know, I, I'm seeing that the the primary right fielder, according to Baseball Reference, is still is still Joey Gallo. And you know, there are a lot of former Rangers on this team, including such greats as Isaiah Kiner Falefa, All Star Jose Trevino, and of course the former Fantastic Ranger Matt Carpenter, who still <laughs> drives me insane that the Rangers just punted on him. And you know, he looked. He looked fine in spring training, like nothing too crazy. He had a couple of really good months down in AAA Round Rock. And I thought, you know what? There, there is room for this guy. Like the Rangers DH at that point, well, it it kind of was Cole Calhoun and, and Willie Calhoun. And neither of those guys were doing great. Willie Calhoun, they just parted ways with him. It was really bad falling out. Cole Calhoun had an amazing month of May. And other than that, has been absolutely trash. And... uh yeah, and their full-time DH slash should have been starting catcher and ended his season at the All-Star break and uh, missed significant time even before that with an elbow issue that should have popped up in, in spring training and probably should have been fixed there before the trade even happened. There, It, it was from the start. So uh, what the heck is up with, with Matt Carpenter? What Did you foresee anything like this? We didn't no. see him in last night's game. What, oh, is he he's, injured? He's still coming back from his uh foot injury um but they they're getting him prepared for the division series okay. so he's working out to get ready for the division series because their plan is to have him there um but no one expected that from matt carpenter <laughs> it was like what is happening here then everyone was joking it was the mustache and then with the way nestor cortez has been pitching this Look, season I, I think it really it, there is something in that mustache power because my goodness and it is it is a glorious mustache like peak eight like it is thick it is just perfect matt carpenter looks like the wb mason guy and when he plays right field and he's in front of the wb mason sign it's just hilarious and perfect and um i think every guy that comes to the yankee the yankees that has facial hair should just shave everything but the stash and then maybe they won't have like joey gallo should have had a mustache <sighs> maybe he would have done better I I honestly don't think that I could handle I couldn't handle him baby faced. It was just it felt so wrong, especially given who he is. I think the facial hair gives him his power. Like I, once yeah, he's gone, I, yeah, I really do. Like and I think Joy Gal with a mustache would have been just too powerful. Like honestly, I think the world could not handle that. Like we see what it's doing with with Carpenter. I don't know if Joey's would have been that like that rich. I don't know, mm. that full. Like, well, I don't it, know, it because been, I mean, he grew, solid. No, but he grew his facial. I mean, he was with the Dodgers maybe two and a half days, and he already had a beard. And I was like, wow, that's impressive. Because I'm Italian and Greek, and I could probably grow a beard if I tried. And uh, I was really <laughs> impressed by how fast that was. I was like, wow, that's impressive and funny. Because as soon as, well, you a lot of Yankee guys, you see them in the off season. You know, even Glaber has facial hair, and it's weird seeing that i remember cano always had crazy facial hair in the off season <laughs> gary sanchez now he can have facial hair now that he's on the twins and yeah but matt carpenter man i don't know no one expected that they were just like oh good it's another body let's bring him up and then he just started hitting home runs well and i was like what is happening here well i i expect not obviously not this not a 13 or 1133 or 38 OPS like I didn't expect that <laughs> no but I did expect a little bit of a resurgence because I mean it had been a while since he'd really tapped into his power he had one season where he had 30 plus home runs in his career that was back in 2018 but right. something that he did in the offseason that we heard a lot about in spring training because he was with Rangers and 
you guys probably didn't hear about it because you weren't paying attention to Ranger Spring Training storylines, obviously, mm-hmm. um, was that he went and worked out with uh, Joey Votto in the offseason and right. trying to like learn from him, like, hey, you found a little bit more of your power swing. It looked like you were, you know, done with your career. And like he looked like he was done with his career last year with a 581 OPS and 130 games. I'm surprised that he played that much on a team that like really was competing and made the playoffs. Like that was really surprising. I know he's Matt Carpenter and like, you know, he's a you know member of this franchise and won World Series with them, yada yada yada. But like, I mean, come on. Like, Don't you love the baseball brotherhood, though? I do. I do. I really love do. That. Like you hear stories about guys from other teams and guys that you're just like, that's really cool that people help each other out. Although I know that the Yankees were not happy when Mo Rivera showed Roy Halladay his his cutter grip <laughs> because then Halladay was like, cool, and then Halladay started getting all the Yankees out, and they're like, dude, what what are you doing? Why would you do that? <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely a lot of that, especially at uh, Vanderbilt. We're seeing with the Rangers uh, top pick from 2021, Jack Leiter, who is going back to college and uh, going to go in that pitching lab with his former, like every former like great Vanderbilt pitcher. They all go there to work out in the offseason, which would be great because Leiter didn't really get much better this year. He's still got a whole bunch of walk problems. He's missing glove side every single time with his freaking fastball, and he could definitely use some instruction from some greats. We're going to get into some other former Rangers on the Yankees, including a first-time All-Star. But first, this episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find, including you know some, some Cowboys-Giants uh, games. If you're a Giants fan, those are going to go really well for you, uh, including the last one, which was... Weird and, and funny and uh, the Giants I, I are three and one though, so we're fine. Yeah, and so are the Cowboys somehow. And the only game they lost was the only one they had Dak Prescott in. So uh, yeah, <laughs> if if you want to go make some weird bets on Cooper Rush turning into a really good quarterback, you can go to BetOnline.net. Uh, the fastest, easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. I don't know. Can you bet on on who's going to give up? Judges 60 second home run is that a thing? I, I, I believe I don't know if individual pitchers, but it's type of home run, the inning it's going to happen in, and I think maybe the count. I'm trying wow. to remember. Yeah, because but not pitcher. D- I couldn't. I don't know if I could get any of those. Those are such more so more random. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only one I I'd feel safe with is like a first inning home run. But anyway, right. if you want to go and do that. Uh, Check out betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more because BetOnline is where the game starts. It's funny you said that about the first inning. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that. Uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking my official prediction uh, was had to be changed because the, the starting pitching matchup was was changed within like between the hour that I recorded the podcast and the time that uh, – they were talking about it on the broadcast, but yeah. apparently the the deal was John Gray was supposed to start in the second game that had listed when I was recording my podcast, and then on the broadcast they said, "Oh no, John Gray is pitching the first game," and I was like, "No, no, either you either you goofed up or you changed it just to spite me, so that my podcast is even less timely." But of oh, course, the Yankees do that to me all the time. They yeah. do it to me all the time. I'll record, and then 15 minutes after I'm done uploading it, they'll change something, and I'll be like. 
Thanks, guys. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> now, the matchups for the Yankees, still the same. Tyone, first game. Cole, second game. Well, apparently what happened, Tony Beasley said during his press conference that he asked John Gray, which game do you want, the night game or the day game? And he took the day game so he could be done just a little bit earlier. I don't know what the actual reasoning was, but, you know, right. that's what it is. going to be a bullpen game for the Rangers who made their roster move to call up their 29th man for the doubleheader. And they made a sacrificial lamb. They, they made the pick. I have to change my, my answer from yesterday because I didn't think they were going to call this man up because he has not been good this year and he's going to have a lot of home runs. It is left-handed pitcher Colby Allard, who's a former first-round pick uh, out of uh, high school by the Braves. The Rangers got him in a trade for a reliever, Chris Martin, many, many years ago. He was up in the big leagues at such a young age. thought, oh, wow, this guy's got so much potential. He made his major league debut at age 20, which is really impressive. Um, then came to the Rangers and was half decent in nine starts for uh, a 21-year-old at the big league level and then proceeded to just get worse and he has gotten worse and worse and worse every year and i'm sure he's a nice young man um fine individual as a person um but he has not been a very good baseball player for the rangers this year one thing he's been really bad about is giving up home runs this year especially 4.2 home runs per nine in the big leagues this season in 17 innings he has given up eight home runs eight of them wow that's nearly every other inning he's given up a home run. So, uh, yeah, if he gets more than two innings, pretty sure he's given up a home run, if not more. Uh, Stanton might get number 31, 32, 30, whatever <laughs> off, of, off of him. <clears throat> and Judge, I feel like once Judge gets over the hump of that last of, of, of 62, he's going to get a couple more. And, uh, well, I think it could be John Gray because he did give up three home runs in his last start against Seattle. Uh, still looks solid, and he's now fully healthy after having that oblique injury that kept him out for six weeks and really put the nail in the Rangers' hopes of having a less than 90-loss season. Um, but, yeah, he's back. He's given up his fair share of home runs. Not a whole lot this year, but still, um, I, th I think Kobe Allard, if, if, whenever he pitches, if, if he doesn't done it, if Judge hasn't done it against John Gray in the first inning, then I think it's going to be against Allard if he gets to Allard in the second game of this doubleheader. But I want to talk about another former Ranger. That's right, an all-star, Jose Trevino. I am so happy for this guy. He is you know, born and raised Texan, a guy who was pretty much going to be a career backup, like had the, the vibe of that, was really not great offensively last year, and then this year gets traded to to the Yankees the Rangers made the choice to go with Jonah Heim who had a fantastic first half and they kind of made the, they're both excellent defensive they're excellent calling games and framing pitches but Jonah Heim had a little bit more power last year he showed that off a whole lot in the first half and not so much in the second half but Trevino I think he did get the Yankee fan bump of just being a Yankee because I, I do think offensively the numbers were a lot better for Jonah Heim but I am so happy for that guy being an all-star this year, what have been your first impressions of, of him being a Yankee? Yeah, I was surprised. I, I knew about his defense and was happy about that because, um, you know, the Yankees have some issues with catchers and their defense. And You mean Gary Sanchez was an elite catcher? Um, he was great at throwing runners out. I won't take mm -hmm. that away from him. He yeah. was really good at nailing guys at second and, you know, snap throws and stuff like that. But, yeah, no, he had issues. He had issues. Um, I just think it's funny that Trevino comes over and 
Kyle Higashioka is probably thinking, I finally get to start. I finally get to start. <laughs> and now he's the backup again. And with good reason, because he's not that great offensively. He's fine defensively, but, you know, I just really, I enjoy Trevino. And he had some nice walk-off moments and, you know, even though I hate this word, clutch hits in some instances. And, yeah, it's been fun to watch him. He was getting beat up the other day, though. Sunday yeah, I saw behind that. the plate. I was I was just like, leave leave my man alone. Leave yeah, him alone. even on Friday night when I was there, he had to kind of step away from the plate there for a little bit because he got banged up. And you know, even Rugi Odor was checking on him because he was like, You okay, dude? <laughs> yeah, it was he's it's like the end of the year and all the balls are finding Jose Trevino's mask and it's like oof like mm. I know the mask helps, but when you're getting when you have guys who are throwing ninety eight, ninety nine and it's hitting off a bat into your face, it probably still doesn't feel good so but i'm very happy with jose trevino he's really um you know into being a yankee and that's always a fun thing and yeah he seems to be enjoying himself and that's great yeah and that's that's good for him finding some some power he didn't show a whole lot of that with texas but <clears throat> i mean in high school he I can't remember if it's the single season. I think it might be the career record for most home runs by a Texas high school baseball player. It, it belongs to Jose Trevino. We didn't see that a whole lot in the minors or in the major leagues as well because he transitioned from being a third baseman as a high school kid to a catcher. So a little bit less power, a little bit more uh, taken out of your legs in that one. We're going to get into the other former Ranger who is uh, not quite living up to the expectations of him so far defensively but first this word from our sponsors now of course if you're a yankees fan you know when i'm talking about bad defense and uh former rangers i'm talking about somehow isaiah kiner falefa who has been a three-war player this season and that was his calling card he was elite defensively he has had the weirdest career i saw him so much in double a but okay th yeah this guy is just gonna max out at double a like he's got literally zero power he's got some really good bat to ball skills but doesn't walk a whole lot and they couldn't really find a position for him. He played really good in field defense, but they thought, all right, well, you have no power. Um, you can have some decent at bats, but we're gonna we're gonna put you at catcher. And that was so weird for a guy who was, you know, five eleven and you know a, a smaller guy to try and put him behind the dish. And you know what? He did fairly well there, but he has one elite skill, and that is infield defense. And it seems like so far he's won a Gold Glove with the Rangers, but it seems like so far this year with the Yankees, he has not been as excellent defensively at shortstop. Yeah. I find that his issue is he's double pumping a lot when he's throwing the ball to first, like he hesitates. And I also think that he's better at third. Yeah. He's better at third than short. In the few games that he's played at third, he doesn't have the same issues. Plus, he's gotten away with some stuff where scorers have given guys hits that should have been errors, so his stats should actually be worse than they are. But the thing that cracks me up and probably annoys Yankee fans more than anything else in the world, Aaron Boone will always defend him by saying, well, he's one of the best defensive shortstops in the league. It's like, no, he's not. <laughs> no, Mr. Boone, he's not. And I have nothing against Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. It was just the Carlos Correa thing. You compound <laughs> it with that. You compound it with the Yankees taking on Josh Donaldson's $50 million and the Friend, the twins freeing up that $50 million in order to get Carlos Correa. Now, the good thing is 
the Twins aren't in the playoffs. So Correa didn't help them get over that hump. The Yankees won the division. That's fine. But the Yankees could have been so much better with Carlos Correa playing shortstop and in that lineup and just thinking about how much better on top of how they were this season with Carlos Correa and then watching Isaiah Kiner-Falefa double pump balls constantly from shortstop. It's a little frustrating. Yeah, and that makes sense. And actually, the season that he did win his gold glove, it was for third base. He was playing third base and shortstop. That was the year that Ellis Andrews lost his starting job, which is a real bummer. Also, by the way, somehow Elvis Andrews, I just saw on like the other day, it was like the home MLB home run tracker, like just like tweets out every time anyone gets a home run and like what number it was. It is a Elvis Andrews, 16. And I'm like, wait, wait, what? What? Elvis Andrews having 16 home runs? He did have that 120 homer season. And if Ron Washington didn't turn him into the stereotypical 1950s slap butt number two hitter, like he, he was a strong guy and he probably could have had more 20 homer seasons. But seeing that, seeing him do that and on what should have been a playoff team because he got released from the A's because they were trying to limit his at-bats so they didn't have to pay that extra year of his contract. They're like, oh, no, we're going to do a nice thing for you, and we're going to send you to a good team that's going to go make the playoffs. You go play in the playoffs, and the freaking White Sox just absolutely tanked. Um, but El- Elvis Andrews, my birthday buddy. He was born on my 14th birthday. The uh, you know 2010 Yankees shortstop of the future heir apparent to Derek Jeter. Remember, remember those days? And that was definitely going to happen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do. But then... The Yankees got Didi Gregorius, and, you know, in the years that Didi was here, he was great. He had some really big moments for them in the playoffs. I mean, that series against Cleveland in 2017, and even the wildcard game in 2017, just the stuff that he was doing, it, you know, I was kind of like, wow, because everyone's like, Didi Gregorius, why the hell are they getting him? And I'm like, oh, no, people are going to be so mean to him, and it's going to be so bad. He came into his own with the Yankees, and, you know, it worked out fine. Yeah, sort of. yeah, it sort of did. Well, I mean, he's going to be Elvis is going to be free agent uh, this offseason. So, uh, you know, in a roundabout way, he could end up being uh, eventually the guy that, uh, you know, takes over for uh, the the heir apparent uh, wandering. Yeah, I don't know. No way. offense. Yeah, he's he's 35 now. <laughs> That's true. But he is a competent. I don't know. If he's going to be like everyday guy. Um, but I think. I think it was interesting. The Rangers had a similar situation, not not quite a Derek Jeter level, but I mean, Adrian Beltre was absolutely beloved, and whoever's going to play third base for the Rangers after it was like, well, for years and years and years, it was going to be Joey Gallo because he was the third baseman, and then he transitioned to the outfield. I was like, no, I I'm six five, two forty. Like third base is just murder on me, um, and it ended up being the air was is Drupal Cabrera who was just fine. He was fine. (laughs) He was there for a year, and he was fine. And I think that is the best way. Just get some old vet who's been there for forever and uh, just put him there. So no one expects anyone to be like the next Adrian Belcher. Like, oh, we already know who this guy is. He's fine, whatever. I I think that might be the way to go. Like, uh, whoever whoever the the Yankees get to replace Aaron Judge when they lose him in free agency to uh, <laughs> not the Rangers. That would uh, Can you imagine how stupid and funny that would be if the Rangers dished out $500 million to Aaron Judge while they have this absolute disaster of a rotation? No, do, I, like, nothing like, I would like to say one thing, though. Now, I don't mean to disparage older baseball players because as bad as Josh Donaldson has been offensively, his defense has been really good. You know, for someone who's 37, he moves around a lot really well at third base. And well, that's what I was going to ask about, because yeah. 
IKF was like the best defensive player in baseball at third base when he won that gold glove. Like he, I think probably should have won the platinum glove in 2020, but like he was putting up like uh, Matt Chapman level numbers defensively at third base, which was just nuts. And I was really happy for him. Cause that was like, that was his gateway to starting. Cause I mean, the offense is just kind of, but you play that level of defense, reach base a decent amount and you're a smart and aggressive base runner. Like he is. That's, that's a competent player. Right. Right. Well, it's kind of funny, too, because you'll see Donaldson kind of go in front of IKF to make some plays like, you know, um, kind of like how A-Rod did with Jeter sometimes when he was playing third. Uh, I always like to point this out, by the way, because Yankee fans are so they always defend Derek Jeter. I always like to point out the fact that Derek Jeter didn't start winning gold gloves until A-Rod became third baseman. He probably shouldn't have won that many gold gloves anyway. No, and there's a reason for that. <laughs> so, just saying. Um, it's kind of like my... Marcus, Marcus Simeon a little bit at shortstop with Matt Chapman. Right. Yeah, right. My ideal would be, because Falefa will get a hit when you need one. You know, he's not going to hit. Well, he has four home runs, which is, you know. Um, it's a, honestly about like about expected. Last year he had right. eight, which I was like, "Whoa, calm yeah. down there, slugger." Yeah, because when he was first <laughs> traded, I explained to Yankee fans, I said, "You know, you're not going to see this guy hit for power. If he does, it's going to be like a whoa. He actually hit a home run, sort of." He situation. only had 25 doubles last year too. Like, yeah. it's not like it's coming in in the gaps either. It's just like, it's really bottom of the scale. But when you need a single, you know, you need a single to tie a game in the tenth inning with, with the, the ghost runner on second. He'll do it. He's done it. Um, you know, you need to drive in a guy from third. He'll hit a single. That has happened. I mean, my ideal would be IKF at third because he tends to hit the ball. He, it feels he has... like he hits the ball more than Donaldson, even though Donaldson hits more for power. And Peraza at short mm -hmm. because Peraza, you know, they brought him up. They wanted it to be... Uh, like he's getting the experience of being up with the big club, but it's like, he's one of your best prospects. You held on to him and didn't give him away because you have in mind that you're bringing him up, him and Volpe, you bring mm -hmm. him up and Why then you barely Volpe play him. Yet? I think they wanted him to have more time in triple a. That's fair. Yeah. But I just he... saw that he was there. And I, I mean, the gap right now between AAA and the big leagues is as big as it's been. So, like, it yeah. makes sense. Like, in, in, like, I don't know, three, four years ago, there were so many guys that just straight up skipped AAA because, like, you know, you dominate it at AA, then, like, that's what it is. I mean, Jerickson Profar went straight up from AA. Joey Gallo went straight up from AA. Yeah. I think Mazzara did, too. No more Mazzara. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. But, and they, and they were fine at the big leagues. But now it's, like... Every single one of these guys. I mean, Josh Young. They he was lighting the entire world on fire at at, at AAA. Um, still coming off that injury, so like that's kind of why they were a little more cautious with him. But uh, he's he's done fairly well since coming back up. But there's there's a lot of these other guys that are like, all right, you think they're ready? They're just like lighting the world on fire on the big leagues. And I think that's kind of why <clears throat> that's kind of why the Rangers were like, eh, yeah, Carpenter's got like a 9.25 OPS in AAA, like. Yeah, maybe he can hack in the big leagues at the end of the roster, but like you know, we're not going to be too too worried about giving him away. And then he ends up doing that. Freaking DH slash negative defender has a two point four WAR in like under fifty games. Like, <laughs> what the freaking crap, man! <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it's that stash. 
It's the stash power. The Rangers need to need to emphasize people getting stashes. I mean, Martin Parrot, does he have a stash this year? I can't remember. No, he just got the full beard. He has been fantastic. He finishes the year. I knew I knew it wasn't going to be him that gave up number 62. I would have been really, really impressed by Judge. Like, you should give him three if he gets a homer off of Perez. He's gotten uh, allowed just, like, half a home run per nine innings. I don't think it was... I think before the All-Star break, he hadn't allowed any home runs at that point. Like, it was a really, really long streak. Ends the year with a 5.2 baseball reference war. Um, ends the year with a 289 ERA. The first Rangers started to have a sub-3 ERA. Since you Darvish in 2013, it has been that long since the Rangers had somebody do that. And ends up with 196 innings, which, you know, this year, with a shortened season, and he only went four innings in both of his first, four, first two starts. Um, he's gone five plus in literally every single start since the 30 game streak of five or more innings, which is what you want from your top guys. And it seems like, it seems like the Yankees have got a, a new top dog and it's not the 35 or however many hundred million dollar man, Garrett Cole. It is freaking nasty Nestor Cortez, who I know when we talked about him last year, pleasantly surprised. And he has continued on his dominant season this year and made the all-star team and has just been flat out excellent this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, you were talking about pitchers giving up home runs. Tyone and Cole, Rangers fans, you get them both today, and uh, it's possible you could see both of them give up one or two. So you're welcome. Well, Corey Seager hits a crap none of them at home, so he might get number 33, I think he, he's going for. He already has a career high with 32. The most he'd had was 26. Isn't, isn't that crazy that the most he'd had is 26, and that was his rookie year? That is crazy. Oh, and the other thing, there are two records – that Yankees could break during these last three games. Judge in the 62, and then tonight Cole is tied with Ron Guidry for the most strikeouts by a Yankee, 248 on the season. Ron Guidry did that in 1978. So with one strikeout tonight, Cole can pass that record. So it's possible two records can fall in the same day, Yankee records, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, that is kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, it's wild that it's stood as long as it has. I mean, with all the, the really quality Yankees pitchers that they've had. Guys have the gotten years. close. Severino CC? had 230. CC was close also in above 200, closer to 230. But, yeah, Cole, mm -hmm. Cole's one of those guys. He'll give up five runs. He'll give up three home runs and then strike out ten. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Honestly, that sounds nice. Like the Rangers don't have a lot of big strikeout guys. The only guy with, uh, the only starter with more than eight strikeouts per nine is John Gray. And surprisingly, the second most strikeouts per nine this season is Dane Dunning, who the Yankees oh. will not see because he is out for the year with a uh, back injury. No, not a back shoulder. I can't remember what it was. He he's been done for. A week and a half. As soon as it happened, I was just like, all right, yep, yeah, done. And so more bullpen games for the team mm -hmm. with a bullpen that's already stretched thin, including the second game of this series or of this doubleheader. Why the heck they're doing the doubleheader in the middle of the series? I don't know. It just feels yeah. so weird. And then isn't is it Wednesday's game an afternoon game? Yeah, it's a 405 Ten? start, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. 405 yeah. here. Yeah. yeah, 305 here. Because yeah. <laughs> Why not? And, of course, it's going to be Glenn Otto on the hill for that one. The Yankees are getting some looks at the guys who they traded in that Joey Gallo deal. Glenn Otto has, I did not think, should be a starter at the beginning of the year, but it's ended up being solid. I still do think he's ended 
like Dustin for a back end at the bullpen roll, for his stuff plays up to like 98, and that breaking volley he's got is just even nastier. But he's been really solid for the Rangers this year, just under 130 innings, literally one out shy. At this point, we'll probably get more than one out in his start, I'm hoping. Um, a 472 ERA, like, not flashy, but like, fine. And for a decimated rotation like the Rangers have had, He's been solid. He's been mostly healthy. Only one extended trip on the IL. And, like, uh, Josh Smith has been pretty valuable as well. We're not going to get to see Ezekiel Duran, who had a really, really nice breakout season. He didn't play in AAA. He is a guy who skipped AAA, only had a few games in AA before he got called up. And, you know, he made a pretty immediate impact. He was, you know, right around kind of average. But, like, for a 23-year-old with, like, I think 50 games above single A, like, that was really, really impressive. And uh, I think he's going to be a, a pretty decent part of the Rangers system for a long time. Josh Smith, I think, is going to be there for a long time. Really good defender, really good at bats. Not a whole lot of power. I thought he'd have a little bit more than he's shown so far. Only one regular home run. His first home run, I don't know if you saw it, it was back in June. It was a Little League home run. It went literally 280 feet and, like, skirted <laughs> by the defender. He just ran all the way around the bases, counted as an inside the parker, no errors on the play. So that was his first big league home run. And then a couple weeks back, he hit one over the fence in right field for an actual legitimate home run that he felt a little bit better about um but still he has also provided some value as well glenn Otto has been very valuable i i do think that um i do think that ezekiel Duran is probably going to be the best prospect in that trade and hopefully could see a return from my large adult son joey gallo to left field next year with the rangers i don't know if they're actually trying to do that but for me, I think it would be just really nice of them after the season has, again, provided a lot of hope. The Rangers are a lot better. Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager are good. Adolis Garcia has ended up being good. Martin Perez, good. But still, overall, <laughs> from where they were last year to being at the Yankees level of 96 wins right now, 96, are they going to, do they have a chance for 100? Uh, uh, 98, 98 actually, with a chance, yeah. a chance at 100 wins, they take two out of the last three. Um, the Rangers still have some, some way to go, but I'm glad that even though, uh, one of my large adult sons didn't work out for the Yankees and the Rangers did look like, like they ended up getting a coup in that trade, I feel like, you know, with all of the, everything else that has worked out with, you know, uh, IKF, you know, being a three-war player with Jose Trevino being a freaking all-star, Matt Carpenter being just flat-out freaking amazing out of nowhere. I feel like it might end up swinging a little bit in, of like, the net positive for the Yankees will be a little bit higher than what the Rangers got in that uh, coup of a trade. But still, you know, I would have rather this series happened at the beginning of the year. Um, yeah. And so I didn't have to have this weird four, four games in three days thing. But even though this season has been kind of atrocious, it's it's nice the Rangers do at least have some kind of fun things to look forward to in maybe getting 62 and Garrett Cole setting the Yankees strikeout record. But still, can you believe uh, we're here? We're at the end of the season. That's I crazy can. to me. I very <laughs> much can. <laughs> I'm there. I'm I'm very much there. The Rangers at least do have a championship. Um, this year it was a Double A Frisco champion, Texas League championship. But you know, nice. Better better than nothing. Fly the banner. Do the parade. <laughs> the Frisco Rough Riders are the best team in the Metroplex. Uh, they are. Yank- 
our double A uh, Somerset guys won. Oh, yeah. Well, good for you. Look at mm-hmm. us. Both equal champions. Yeah. <laughs> equal levels of successful franchises. Well, I know you've enjoyed this fun season from Aaron Judge, from a playoff run. Uh, I remember back in the day what those were like, but the Rangers now have the second, well, there's like three teams that are tied for seven years, and the Rangers have a six-year streak, which is just wild because they were so good for so long. You're but. not the Angels, who have two of the best players possibly ever to play baseball and who have a – it's an eight-season playoff drought now. There's, I think there's uh, – they might be at eight. Yeah, I think 2014 was the last time. I think okay. Mike Trout has like – how many postseason at-bats does Mike Trout have? It's something ridiculously low, and it's just – It's like three, it's, it's, it's like, three, four games worth? It's so. criminal. It's, a, it's less than 20. Yeah. So at least the Rangers don't have that. But again, it would still be nice to be able to watch Mike Trout and Shohei Otani every day on my team. I I might, I don't know that I would, but I'd, I'd think about making that trade. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's fine. We're here. The end of the season. Some fun things to look forward to, um, which I didn't think I'd be saying about this final series with how rough it's been for the last two months. But uh, Stacy, where can the fine folks listening to Locked on Rangers find you and all your work? You can find us at Locked on Yankees, all one word. And you can find me on Twitter at Stace Gotts, S-T-A-C-E-G-O-T-S, because my full name is too long. And yes, I talk about the Yankees, but I don't wear pinstripe colored glasses. I'm very objective and I call them out when they're not doing great and I don't I try not to put down other teams while I'm talking about the Yankees. I really try unless it's the Red Sox. But other than that, you know, I, I'm pretty positive. I've I've actually had Red Sox fans subscribe to my show. So Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean if I can get them to listen to me, then I can get anyone to listen to me. <laughs> Well, if you want to keep track of all the former Rangers who are uh, thriving or less than thriving in New York, go subscribe to Locked on Yankees. Stace is one of the few cool Yankees fans out there that even as a proclaimed Yankees fan or Yankees hater. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, my God, Bryce. Excuse me. (laughs) Cannot believe those words just came out of my mouth. I just need to end the podcast right there. That was such an embarrassing moment <laughs> thankfully only like three of you will be listening through to the end and uh yankees fans if you're listening through the end do not snitch on me thank you all <laughs> so much for listening and subscribing and until next time don't forget to enjoy baseball